0: Hey, welcome to Space Gab. This is Mike Coletta. It's the 5th of August 2022. Space Gab can be heard at www.spacegabpodcast.com. And from there, you can select different venues to listen to the episodes. Well, Astra announces on August 4th that it is canceling its existing small vehicle, its launch vehicle, after its most recent failure and will focus instead on a much larger vehicle that may not be ready to fly customers until 2024. In its release of its second quarter earnings, Astra said it would stop flying its Rocket 3.3 vehicle. That vehicle had failed to reach orbit three times in five launches, including its most recent launch on June 12th, which carried two NASA Tropics CubeSats to monitor tropical weather systems. Counting earlier versions, Rocket 3 failed five times in seven launches. Yeah? Yeah? That's probably a good decision uh, for Astra. Focus on something else because um, attempting it and attempting it and attempting it and attempting it and attempting it it is not going to be, you know, good, good for the company, good for the customers, especially. I mean, you had customers that were relying on your rocket to launch your payloads into space, and it failed to do that. So... After this last um, failure, they decided to focus on other projects. Good for them. And another article from uh, SpaceNews.com, Virgin Galactic again delays start of commercial suborbital flights. It says Virgin Galactic once again pushes back the start of commercial flights of its Spaceship 2 suborbital space plane, saying upgrades of its carrier aircraft are taking longer than expected. In its release of its second quarter earnings, August 4th, the company said it is now expecting to start commercial flights of its single Spaceship 2 vehicle, VSS Unity, in the second quarter of 2023. In its previous earnings release in May, the company had delayed the start of such flights from the fourth quarter of 2022 to the first quarter of 2023. So another company. Hey, you know, <laughs> I know they don't like people saying this, but, quote, space is hard, end quote. It is. It's, a, It's you know, it's not all what it's cracked up to be. I mean, SpaceX has been, um, you know, very successful. Uh, but they, but they had a lot of trying moments also in the beginning and, um, you know, and I, and we, I go on and on and on about the uh, Chinese, uh, space program, which has been very successful. I'll talk a little bit about, more about that today, you know, and I know, um, in the news, a lot of things are going on with China right now. Um, but their space program is, uh, exceptional right now and, um. Like I've said before, it was being ignored by many. Probably not really being ignored, just not being talked about. I probably talked about it on the Space Gap podcast more than a lot of people did. Because, uh, you know, I try to follow, as a space enthusiast, I try to follow all anything to do with space. And I could see that China's uh, space program was really taken off. But um, they're exceptional right now. Uh, as you know, And that's why we shouldn't take it lightly. Um, what they may have that we don't know about. So, um, yeah, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, some of the Chinese um, space projects here in a little bit. But, okay, Virgin Galactic uh, delaying its um, uh, progress also. Probably another good move. Hey, SpaceX launches the Korean Pathfinder Lunar Orbiter. Spaceflight Now tweets out, SpaceX's Falcon 9 rocket has deployed the Korea Pathfinder Lunar Orbiter on a ballistic lunar transfer trajectory. The South Korean mission will arrive in lunar orbit in December after taking a fuel-efficient route to the moon. Hey, so uh, another lunar orbiter in the works. So that'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of data we get from the uh, KPLO, as the acronym is, Korea Pathfinder Lunar Orbiter. I'll be talking about this one for sure in the near future. And I have some pretty good video uh, linked uh, on my Twitter feed. As I have all these articles I'm going to be talking about linked on my Twitter feed, but uh, this KPLO launch and release of that uh, trajectory-bound lunar orbiter can be seen at my Twitter feed on twitter.com slash mike underscore coletta. Well, another Blue Origin, New Shepard spacecraft, launched, they went up, and they came down. So they made it to the realm of space, and then they came down. So their next crew. So uh, all successful. Uh, you can see uh, there's another link there on my Twitter feed that shows the launch and uh, the capsule you know, going up, and the booster coming down and landing safely to be u- reused again, and the crew in that uh, New Shepard uh, capsule, coming down safely. And, uh, yeah, it's just become, you know, space tourist tourism uh, taken off, you know, so as it has. And you'll be seeing more companies uh, in the future, as we've talked about, doing basically sometimes the same thing and maybe sometimes a little bit more. Well, China had its 28th and 29th launch this week. Uh, You can read more about those launches on, you know, links on my Twitter feed, but the one I'm going to talk about here for a little bit is the 29th launch, and that one was another uh, classified reusable experimental spacecraft, and it looks pretty much like a space plane, and I talked about um, their space plane in a past podcast, but this time um, there's more people following this because of the success of their previous mission. And uh, one of the things in that, you know, it, and we don't know what it's doing up there, but it's, isn't it interesting that it takes off um, a day after all this controversy is going on with uh, our, um, well, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but uh, it's a big mess right now. That trip to Taiwan caused a big stir and a lot more. And, uh, you know, they can say what they want, but it's it's causing some impacts here. But I doubt that this space plane launch had anything to do with that, the Chinese uh, space plane, their classified secret space plane. What's it doing up there? We don't know that yet. And if we do, we're not going to talk about it because I sure don't. But I know some people are actually following that. They're, they're going to, you know, go get TLEs, two-line elements, as I've talked about, to find uh, the orbital paths and the times it'll be coming over certain areas. And already, um, Scott Tilley, and he is at, uh, you want to go check out his stuff. He's, I got actually a link on there, uh, and that's uh, from eight hours ago. I put it up there. It says, Listening for China's Experimental Space Plane. And I have a link uh, connected to uh, his Twitter feed. And he is, uh, let's see, at Coastal8049 is his Twitter Twitter handle, his Twitter account. And you can go check out. He always follows some really interesting, uh, you know, he uses, uh, he receives radio signals from uh, things that are orbiting up there. In this case, he uh, used some other signals that he captured from a previous mission similar to this. And he shared that, what he believes to be, and it probably is. It probably is China's space plane. And you can see those signals that he's captured. But uh, if you're a space enthusiast, really, in, in you know, looking at something like this is really a, a treat to watch what Scott Tilley has done uh, with the signals and how he does it all the time. So, yeah, they, uh, there's many people helping out with the TLEs and, and um, posting, you know, confirmations for certain trajectories that they think it is and saying, yep, that's probably the space plane. Jonathan McDowell. I've talked about him numerous times, and his Twitter handle is at planets four five eight nine. He's the one that really captures and uh, really does a great job of finding out, you know, orbital uh, paths for these uh, objects that maybe a lot of people don't really know where are they where they're orbiting at. Jonathan McDowell usually finds out, and in this case, he has found out again. And uh, his, I've got the link there also to his uh, tweets talking about the space plane, China's space plane, this recent one. It just launched, number, launched number 29 for 2022. But, yeah, interesting stuff. Um, so you can see his orbital paths that he shares, and then you can see Scott Tilley's very interesting uh, signals that he's captured from what he believes, and probably is, the space plane. So, uh, yeah, China's space plane up there, along with a bunch of other stuff and uh, things going on. And uh, there's a Shenzhou-14 crew at the... Uh, uh, Tiangong space station. I'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, what they've done uh, recently, and uh, so here you go. Let's move on. And United Launch Alliance ULA launched one of their Atlas V rockets from Cape Canaveral uh, August fourth, and put up a SIBERS uh, missile warning satellite into orbit for the Space Force. It's the sixth SIBERS missile warning satellite that they uh, placed. And all went well. I've got a link to the video that shows the launch. Sibbers, uh, yep, Space space Infrared uh, Satellite. So, yeah, I think I've talked about before that one of the systems that and I worked on when I was in the Space Launch uh, Range, um, back back in the day when I worked for DoD, uh, at that time I worked for Space Launch Range. Um, and we, we sat, my office or slash cubicle was right next to the Sibbers guys. Uh, and I used to uh, you know talk with them a lot of, about different things. But um yeah, Sibers. So this one was a successful launch and uh all went well and you can go check out that video and read more about uh that launch in in this article that's uh from Spaceflight Now that I have uh on the Twitter feed. This article is actually uh from a local news station here, uh Channel 6 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And it was kind of interesting. I saw this a lot of times. They don't they don't talk about space stuff. I did now. They did all all the local stations. I as I said last week, I believe it was. They all did talk about um, the International Space Station, uh, uh, where Russia was not going to participate anymore. And that was early on when it was just breaking news. So pretty much all except one that I saw anyway of the stations uh, posted information about that. But this one, they say NASA to require a former astronaut to chaperone tourists to the ISS. Uh, Here's the article from this Channel 6, and it says here, uh, NASA is not trusting private citizens to travel to the International Space Station on their own. Instead, it wants them to be chaperoned by experienced professionals. New requirements from the agency would mandate that future space tourist journeys should be led by a former NASA astronaut as the mission commander. NASA says... The new proposals are lessons learned from the first private astronaut mission to the ISS last April. A complicated expedition put together by Axiom Space. And it uh, goes on in the article. If you'd like to read it, I do have a link. But, hey, interesting, isn't it? Lessons learned. So, uh, something must have happened more. And um, it talks a little bit about... Uh, that in this article, but I don't want to spoil anything, and here's, there's a subsection here about the lessons learned. Um, and uh, really interesting stuff, but hey, yeah, it's pretty good. So they're going to have to have a chaperone from now on uh, going up there with them <laughs> because of lessons learned. Uh, interesting stuff, so if you want to go check it out, it's a very, very detailed uh, article, and it actually gives um, requirements included, and it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, whoever wrote this article here. So go check it out if you'd like to. I sure would advise it. Another one from Space News it says Startup Zano Space Systems has raised around $15 million for its proposed navigational constellation, including fundings from GPS satellite maker Lockheed Martin, a venture capital arm. Lockheed Martin Ventures was among uh, new investors that joined a funding round. Zano uh, announced August 3rd, which early-stage investors First Spark Ventures led, Zano CEO uh, declined to disclose the amount of funds secured in the round, but says the startup has raised more than $25 million in total to date. Let's see, uh, Manning said that the new round will help Zano double its team to 60 employees ahead of deploying uh, Munin. It's second prototype satellite early next year. Now, these satellites, uh, there's one up there right now. Um, They're proposing to kind of do what GPS does, maybe even more. But um, they're a navigational type satellite, and they're in prototype stage. Uh, And I hope I didn't butcher the names there. I may have anyway. But, yeah, interesting things. Uh, Check out this article because it does talk more about the constellation and what their proposal is to do. Um, I know GPS has been up there a long time, and I don't think, uh, I doubt the military will ever go away from GPS right off the bat, but uh, these new satellite uh, startups, you know, hey, you never know, so uh, depending on what the prototype uh, uh, satellites, you know, what kind of data they come back with, how they function up there and all that, hey, it might they might give them a, a push, you know, to to get something else up there, and then eventually, who knows? Maybe take over uh, GPS. Um, You never know. Because I remember when I was in GPS, I was actually one of the many things I did for DOD. um, One of them was GPS, but actually was the ground systems I worked with uh, in GPS, the ground uh, stations. And uh, back then in the 90s, GPS, you know, I was given this uh, GPS (laughs) receiver, and it was massive. Nothing like you can get now. I mean, this thing was big. (laughs) It was big, big. But, um, you know, it's really changed. Looking at that, what, the, what I got back then in the 90s to what they have now for GPS reception, you know, your telephone, for goodness sake, your cell phone, uh, big difference. So, hey, you know, we'll see what happens with this little startup here. And, uh, you know, if they're a challenger for GPS, so be it. We'll just have to wait and see. I'll uh, keep my eye on this one and uh, give you some updates when I do find them. Looks like the Shenzhou-14 crew, Chinese crew, up there at the uh, Tiangong Space Station uh, is sharing uh, some photos and video of them testing a robotic arm. And that robotic arm was sent up with their laboratory module that we talked about last week um, and some nice still shots and then some other links uh, with some video of the actual arm movement. Uh, so, hey, if you want to go check that out, yep, their Shenzhou-14 uh, astronaut crew Uh, up there, China's space station, testing out a new small robotic arm. Apparently, uh, ESA has ended efforts to recover their uh, Sentinel-1B satellite. Says the European Space Agency, this is from Space News, uh, ending efforts to restore operations of the Sentinel-1B radar imaging satellite that malfunctioned more than half a year ago and will instead move up the launch of a replacement. Uh, ESA said in an August 3rd statement that the agency and the European Commission partners on the uh, series of Earth observation satellites had given up trying to restore the synthetic aperture radar payload on Sentinel-1B and was ending the spacecraft's mission more than six years after its launch. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, I guess they had an investigation, and they had a payload failure um, concluded that the two 28-volt power regulators for the SAR payload, they malfunctioned. And uh, one is needed to operate the payload, but the efforts to restore them failed, I guess, uh, and so they just right now gave up. They did, they did try. And I talked about this in past podcasts. They did try. But uh, now they're going to work on getting the replacement uh, up there for the, uh, the Sentinel-1B. Wow. And that debris from uh, China's Long March 5 uh, CZ-5B rocket that was, um, you know, it was going to be, it was going to come down somewhere. And they weren't sure where. I talked about that. How, you know, that that what was it like 22, 23 tons. Wow. What a uh, a show it displayed um, and I do have the uh, links, as, as all these uh, links are on my Twitter feed, uh, twitter.com slash Mike underscore Coletta. But, um, yeah, what a, what a show it provided. People caught, you know, video of these uh, the objects as it burned up in the atmosphere uh, coming down to Earth. And some of it landed in the waters, but some of it landed on land. And uh, I do have some more links also to those uh, articles where they actually found Um, some parts and pieces, uh, I guess, but uh, not much included. But, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see that um, uh, thing burn up as it did. Uh, But, you know, but some of the parts, pieces they did find was from another mission. Um, And I don't think, you know, that uh, Chinese rocket, I don't think, you know, and probably what was reported as parts and pieces from that maybe turned out to be not that. So I'm not going to really talk about that because really I really don't have any articles that that talk about it. But I do have the articles that show um, uh, fairings from that launch, but that happened before that. You know, they do have piece parts from the fairings uh, from that, uh, and it's you know really those things you can see that they they were really well uh, intact. But uh, like I said, they have on the second of August. I have a a article link for the fairing itself, and that's some really good photos, still photos, and the video is showing the actual debris of the orbiting um, rocket that came down. You know, unexpectedly, they didn't weren't sure when, and they weren't sure where until the last. You know, probably before the last day when they figured out the TLEs of this thing and when it was going to come come down. But SpaceX. Um, debris was found in Australia from uh, one of their missions. And that was really interesting to see um, the SpaceX uh, items there. And really good. They they were found and uh, many people went out there and investigated <laughs> their, their whereabouts. Took some really good uh, photos. And I talked a little bit about that on the last podcast. But um, there's more. I mean, they, they were, it's funny because they were wondering who, you know, hey SpaceX, who's going to come and get this? You going to come and get it? <laughs> so interesting. So you got you got falling debris that's found that nobody knew about, and then you got falling debris that they weren't sure where it was going to be happening, and then we have some awesome videos of this debris coming down, and then you've got um, fairing debris from that same rocket that went up, uh, found later on, uh, all intact, uh, really well. Um, You know, taking looking at the pictures, uh, not too bad. But, um, yeah, leftovers from the thing. So, um, you know, they do have some debris. Like I said, CNSA Watcher, as that individual or organization, uh, that Twitter handle is at CNSA Watcher. They're saying, you know, possible um, parts of that Long March 5B Y-3 rocket, CZ-5B, uh, in Malaysia. So uh, no injuries reported. But like I said, on August 2nd, if you look at the, my Twitter uh, feed, you can see the pictures of that debris. Not sure if it is, in fact, that uh, from that Chinese rocket, but it probably is, uh, based on um, the article here from CNSA, CNSA Watcher. But also, you know, SpaceX already confirmed, I guess, since the last podcast, that this debris was from their crewed mission. It was actually the trunk it was from the trunk, as I said from the last podcast. So, and then I've shared some more pictures of that. And uh, one of the reporters over there in Australia asking SpaceX, "Hey, you going to come pick up your stuff?" <laughs> so, and then I put a little um, uh, graphic that shows, you know, I don't know if you ever watched that. Uh, Use that; those guys, one eight hundred got junk. I have. I've used uh, the got junk guys numerous times, but I, I but I posted something on that reporter's. Uh, I replied to her post saying, hey, these guys probably do space junk, too, but they're not in Australia. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. But, uh, hey, that's it. Until next time.